is the Days Your Update for November 10th, 2019. I'm Felipe Nolfo. I'm Patrick Nesslin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Lee Lamb. And uh, hey, Death Stranding is out. Yeah, and it is weird. That is very, very weird. And disturbing, and a whole lot of other things that people are saying yeah. about it. Uh, including up its own ass, which... Uh, which I kind of expected. I mean, it's Kojima. What do you expect? Yeah. So, uh, and it's also Kojima independent. Like it's literally his first completely original uh, production that he's had most involvement with in almost a decade now. Yeah, it's uh, it's Kojima Unchained, if you will. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that because a couple of you have been playing it this week, so uh, there's yep. some that. Uh, but you know, as far as I go, uh, it's still PC building simulator. Uh, yeah, I as I said on Friday, I kind of beat the game because I now own the company. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Uncle Tim needed thirty grand to get out of Spain very quickly. Uh, something about uh, Interpol and the organized crime. I, I, I didn't ask it questions. I don't want to know. I really don't <laughs> want to know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, people may, may or may not have had axes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I now have the company and uh, I'm just going to keep playing and making money and enjoying myself as uh, more stuff unlocks in career mode. Also, apparently, uh, doing an upgrade for an orc, which is interesting. <laughs> Who has a mortgage? I, I, I'm not asking. I mean, just, you got to you got to think about it, man. Like the Warcraft orcs, the peons, more work. <laughs> yeah, they got jobs. That's true. Yeah, or it might be you know one of the orcs from Warhammer. Yeah, you, you just never know. It's like. Uh, at this point, I've I've stopped asking questions, but the uh, well, Money it's keeps still flowing. highly enjoyable, especially after they fixed the the you know part of the game that completely broke. Uh, so that's been good. And uh, apart from that, I've been uh, getting back into some Genesis games, kind of looking at some ROM hacks here and there. Uh, I found a that's addictive. Yeah, an interesting ROM hack hack for the original Shining Force. Uh, it's called Shining Force CL. It um, well, one of the things it does is it uh, retranslates most of the dialogue, so that's helpful. Because um, mm-hmm. as as you recall, the original Shining Forces dialogue was terrible. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was it was not very well localized, uh, but it also rebalances the entire game. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. and does uh, one of the changes that I do like is that uh, uh, XP when you gain levels carries over to the next, which you know was something that Shining Force Two did, but the original didn't. Yeah, so that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, but they also raised the the promotion uh, uh, threshold. You can't do it at level ten anymore. Now it's eighteen. So uh, there's it's going to be interesting to just play through that and see you know the differences because uh, it yeah it seems like this one was actually thought out as far as the ROM hack goes. So it's uh, it's challenging. Uh, the AI is not completely brain dead as it was in the original. So wow. I'm kind of liking it. It's, it's it's almost like a new game, but with the same kind of coat of paint as uh, as it was mm. before. So cool. Yeah, I'm digging it. So that's that's kind of been uh, it for me. What about you? 
Uh, this week has just been hell for me. I really haven't had much time to play anything. Um, it's just been my own life teeing off on me and came to a head yesterday with a storage situation that resulted in me getting home around noon and, um, falling asleep until, uh, around six ish this morning. So yeah, I'm hoping I'm out the other side of this whole run because I'm tired. (laughs) I like, I just got 18 hours of sleep, and I'm still tired. Yeah. So hopefully this next week is a little more gentle. Yeah. (laughs) But it'll be nice to get to playing stuff again. I have no idea where I'm going to begin, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So how about you, Brandon? (sighs) Okay. Well, up until... Friday evening, I had been playing Cold Steel 3. Um, I'm now, of course, in Heimdall, which is, of course, the capital of the of uh, Erebonia. Um, and right now, the class, they're, they're sort of, kind of, sort of cooperating with, but... Not really. Uh, working with uh, the students from the main Thor's campus uh, to try and track down some spies from the Republic of Calvert that have snuck into uh, the capital. And I'm not entirely sure, but I think what all of this is going to lead to is that by the time of the fourth game, uh, there's just straight up going to be a world war. Like, uh, Erebonia and Heimdall are just going to be going at each other's throats by the end of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where that game is right now, but that's not the one y'all want to hear about. Oh, no. <laughs> you want to hear about Death Stranding. Yeah, and weird creepy babies um, and stuff. Oh, boy. Uh, where to start? Um... Well, first and foremost, it's a Kojima game, and you know all that entails. Uh, it's going to be a bunch of weird movie references, uh, things like uh, lots of like pretentious literary quotes and stuff like that, uh, weird philosophical diatribes. Um, but as for the actual game itself, the world it takes place in... Um, Basically, it's uh, the former United States sometime uh, well into the future, uh, about 20-some-odd years before the game started. uh, They experienced this sort of cataclysmic event called the Death Stranding. And exactly what that entails is kind of left vague. But the ultimate result is that the sort of dimensional barrier between this world and what they call the beach, which may or may not be the afterlife or some part of the afterlife, uh, has essentially ceased to exist. And because of that, um, it's done just a lot of weird – it's created a lot of weird shit to happen. In the uh, world itself. So, for example, um, the game makes a big deal.
deal of the fact of the fact that uh, as far as I can tell, you can't actually kill anyone, and there is a reason for that uh, because when a person dies, um, the when the what happened is that the corpse itself will start to what they call necrotize. And what that means is that for whatever reason, the soul of the person after it has left the body, uh, because of the death stranding, one of the problems is that it'll try and get back into the body. And what that does is it usually ends up attracting what are called BTs, uh, the beach things. Those are those... If you've watched the trailers, BTs are those huge, are those weird, like vaguely humanoid things in the sky that are like connected to by a black strand. That's what those are. And um, if enough of them get together, they can cause what's called a void out, which is when basically it causes a, a sort of explosion that just leaves a massive crater. Um. But the good thing is, uh, the character you play as, Sam, the guy who's you know played by Norman Reedus, uh, he's what's called a repatriate, which means he can actually find his way back to his body and basically come back to life. Um, unfortunately, that you know, unfortunately though, anything else that's around him basically vaporizes. <laughs> um, Let's see what else. Uh, but basically what the game is, what you are doing, what your primary uh, gameplay is, is that you're a porter. You're a delivery person. That's what you do. Um, and your basic missions will revolve around you obviously picking up packages and then delivering them to the various distribution centers that are around the map. And... Uh, as you find these new distribution centers, uh, you will end up reconnecting them to uh, the what's called the chiral net, which is basically a sort of super advanced form of the internet that they were able to develop because of the. Uh, it's like this. It it's I, I can't remember. I think it's called something like chiral. Eroanthium or something like that, but it's basically like dark matter. Um, and uh, basically what you're doing is you're going around, you're reconnecting all of these places, um, and you're delivering packages, you're you know, uh, also like recycling stuff. And the game is actually kind of neat because in its online feature, um, you know, like trying to like navigate the terrain in this world can be very challenging because, uh, among the fact that you know there's a lot of crags and stuff that you have to deal with, uh, there's also the deal with balancing because if you're you know hoofing it as you will pretty much be doing for the first couple chapters at two episodes of this game, um. You're carrying most of this stuff on your back, and because of that, um, you have to be careful to keep yourself centered because otherwise you'll end up tipping over and you might end up 
not only spilling all of your cargo, but you might also end up breaking stuff. Um, and uh, if that wasn't trouble enough, there's also what they call time fall, which if you've seen the trailers, that is the sort of weird kind of rain that it touches stuff. It causes it to it, – it speeds up the flow of time really quickly so that if it hits you, it'll age you like very quickly. And with all the stuff, when it's spilling around you, um, you can like see like the grass like grow and die like really fast and then like regrow again. It's actually really neat to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's just the basics. It's got a bunch of other weird shit going with it as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, since you're probably asking, what the hell is the deal with the baby? <laughs> um, okay, so in games, they're called BBs. And in the game, they're called BBs, which stands for Beach Baby. And basically, they are born uh, from mothers who are brain dead. And they're premature, which means that you know they can't really live outside of a womb. So the thing you're carrying the dude around in is a fake womb. And he is what helps you actually sense whether or not the BTs are nearby. Um, but the thing is, is if you're not careful and if you let the BTs like get too close to you and attack you, he can it will actually increase his stress level and he can go into autotoxemia. Uh so you know if you get away and manage to escape you then have to calm him back down. Uh otherwise if he gets too uh stressed he'll actually go unconscious and you won't be able to sense any BTs until you're like really right up next to them. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for right now. It is a really weird game. Um, it does, however, have, like, one of the really neat features, I, like I said earlier, is the online feature, because, because uh, on top of, you know, since you're having to oh, manage all this terrain, um, you'll be equipping yourself with, like, ladders and, like, climbing anchors, stuff like that. And you can actually leave that stuff behind for other players to use. Hmm. Um, so, like, you know, if you um, get to, like, a cliff or something that you managed to get up to, but you can't, like, but you had to, like, do it regular-wise, once you get up there, you can actually, like, put a climbing anchor with a rope on there and throw it and uh, at the top and then throw the rope down to the bottom of the cliff, and another player can actually use that. And what happens is, uh, one of the things that happens in this game is, in order to, like, level up, you get what they call likes, which, you know, like social media, uh, because... In some weird roundabout way, you're basically playing an Amazon courier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um... Feels like Kojima needs therapy. Here's because the thing. The game is both frustrating, but also really captivating and rewarding. Oh, I have no doubt. I just... I don't know when I'd ever find time to play it. It's actually a very slow-paced game. It's not a shooty-up type game at all. Hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, who's next? Uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris, what about you? Hey, uh, yeah, so I've also been playing uh, Death Stranding. Yeah. Uh, so where are you at, Brandon? What, what area have you freed? Uh, I have already connected that whole set. So, you know, I, I was last at, I think, Fort Knot City. Okay, I'm at Wind Farm. Yeah, I already I just did, did all that. Which, I do like that the, the freedom of where you can climb, because I went up, I went through that whole forest with all mm-hmm. the BTs there. Uh, and to get out, I was like, oh, fuck that, I just went up the side. Yep. Uh, that's up high, uh, which drains your stamina a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, because uh, steep hills do that. Mm-hmm. Also, it's kind of fun to do that and like look at the his feet, because his feet bend in not human ways. Yep. Because uh, it's just trying to keep the – just simulate the way that you're actually keeping your uh, balance and all that, but yeah, the, the way they – uh, animate the the legs and feet. Uh, it's not great, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't really matter. Uh, but yeah, I ended up uh, finding a bunch of uh, corallium crystals up yeah. there. There's like a whole like patch up there, uh, so I got a bunch of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I've been liking it a lot because it's it's uh, taken the aspect of a lot of these open world games that isn't really all that interesting. Uh, yeah. Just uh, getting around. Uh, it makes that actually a core part of it. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, you know, trying to go down hills, you have to be careful not to, you know, just lose your uh, grip on the ground and just run down, fall over, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, The one of the things about this game you, you learn pretty quickly is momentum. Yeah. And, this is uh, like a drunk simulator? No, it's just that, but, well, I mean, think about it. When you're going down a hill and you try running, what usually happens? I go fast. Exactly. But what happens when you go fast and you realize you can't stop yourself? I look fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, so that gets me like a lot of times when I'm going down hills, I'll just crouch. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the way you counteract a lot of that stuff. Uh, You can still kind of lose your, uh, your, your grip on the ground and start going down quicker uh, that way. But you have a better chance of, uh, keeping yourself together mm-hmm. like i've had times where i've gone across the river uh and lost my grip and my guy's just like floating down the river yep. uh and you can kind of like uh paddle to try to get to uh to one of the the get to a shallow spot so you can stand yeah. back up <laughs> or try to get to the like the the riverbed on the other side like the the side of the river uh yeah and yeah like i just got to the point where i could build bridges so mm-hmm. trying to set up ladders to get people across and yeah, there's like a cool online aspect to this whole game uh, where you can lay down like a dark souls, like signs to say like, Hey, beware up ahead or, you know, watch out for this uh, sort of stuff. Or uh, just uh, messages of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's some that will improve the, uh, the BB's uh, uh, status mm-hmm. a little bit, stuff like that. And you can give it likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the neat Multiple thing, likes, as yeah, it you is. Can, you got like a few seconds. You can just mash the touchpad as much as you want uh, and give people 
you know, 100 likes if you want. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned the uh, bridges. The bridges are actually pretty neat because you can actually uh, contribute more materials to them so that they become more advanced. Yeah, you can upgrade them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the structures, I think, uh, yeah. outside of like the ladders, I think. Um, Which, so one of the things I recently was able to start doing was uh, I was able to make generators. Um, okay, yeah, I think I just got that part, so I was like, oh, that's what I need for that bike. Yeah. Uh, around that. Careful, though, because the bike, uh, uh, you can damage it if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's there's like a lot of cool stuff in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it definitely, like, you go back to your, like, private room. That's all Kojima, because there's, like, lots of little things to mess around with in there. Yeah. If uh, you just look at uh, Norman Reedus himself and, like, zoom in, he'll do lots of weird little faces or gestures yeah. at you. And uh, I also, on... somebody told me if you stare at his crotch too long, he'll actually get up and punch the camera. Yeah, he'll cover his crotch, and he'll get up yeah. after that. Uh, you, like, look at his feet, does a little tap dance. Uh, thing, but if you look at him from different angles, he'll do different things. Yeah, there's like one where they fakes uh, shooting himself in the head, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of different stuff. Which I took video of that and put it up on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm uh, I'm enjoying this Norman Reedus simulator. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is kind of what I like most about this game because Norman Reedus does a really good job with his uh, with his uh, acting and all that. Because mm-hmm. uh, he is just kind of playing. That character he's been playing in like the The Walking Dead, yeah, uh, for the last ten years. Uh, it's kind of like that guy transported into a different kind of post-apocalypse, yeah. yep, uh, thing where yeah, you kind of get around. Like the the one annoying thing is that it rains in specific areas every single time you go there. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like uh, like a Breath of the Wild where it can be just nice for a while. No matter yeah. where you're going, so you kind of have to really uh, decide how you're going to get around based on that. Yeah, because see, the thing is, the time fall won't only uh, damage your equipment; it will also damage the your cargo. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that you have to sometimes get in this game is the uh, the uh, time fall repair spray, which is yeah. now the good thing though is that. At least as far as I've gotten, um, you basically have to really screw up to get it so that the packages actually are ruined and the yeah, actual goods the, uh, inside get damaged. Yeah, uh, there are – most of the orders I've seen is like 50% damage, which is for the actual package. Yeah. Uh, and it takes a while to get through the container itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of have to really like fuck yourself up uh, to yeah. – not get anything out of that. The uh, good thing is, is, if you do, you've got that spray that you can use. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that. you got, like, extra pairs of boots. Mm-hmm. Which have. you're going to need, believe me. Yeah, and the the cool thing is, like, your like exosuit is kind of really uh, able to kind of let you put your packages all over your body. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for, like, uh, both of your shoulders, both of your hips... Uh, you got your back. You can just carry stuff, uh, and so there's like a lot of uh, interesting ways. Like if I had a bunch of ladders, like I put them on 
all my shoulders and hips. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, just look. And you look real stupid, but it uh, helps balance out your weight. Yes. That kind and of if stuff. You really, if you really need to, the game does the that uh, when you're arranging all your stuff, it does have like an auto arrange feature, so it can yeah. like arrange it to optimize. You yeah, know, weight it's a little tough to do it just through the menus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can kind of just like you should put this heavy ass thing like lower uh, and not be a dummy and put it right up on top. Uh, and yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff just with a way of getting around. So like I have, now I have to go back to the other two main, uh, hubs, uh, cause I got the orders there. It's like, Hey, you got packages to take to each of these other three areas you've been to. Uh, so I'm going to basically go back to the, uh, the capital city, whatever mm-hmm. capital, not city. Yeah. Uh, just like go by where the incinerator was at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you go to, and then go back out to the other way because it just gets around this whole mule area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did go through the the other mule area that's up in the mountains. Yeah, uh, that wasn't too bad because I just basically stayed in the grass. Yeah, and I watched where people were at and kind of moved when I could. Uh, and yeah, like right now I don't have any weapons, just punching. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so far it's been pretty good. Yep. Uh, it's kind of fascinating to hear like the, the way that you're describing this game because I'm I'm hearing a lot of mechanics that haven't been really explored a lot. Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of the reason why this game has been so divisive. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a game that's all about hiking, essentially. Yeah. Because mm. uh, you're going through like mountainous areas. Uh, you got a, a thing that'll scan the environment for you, show you like Okay, all this blue area you're going to be fine in. Yellow is yeah. like keep an eye on yourself, and red is like all the rocks. Mm. Yeah, like, try and stay away from this if you can. Uh, and you're kind of like trying to follow trails or uh, look around for if you're connected online. Uh, people can leave like ladders and ropes for you to help you out, uh, bridges and all that, and you give them likes for that. Like, hey, this is a great place for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's and, actually the most interesting sounding part of this whole thing to me is that somebody that had trouble somewhere else can just pop up some shit and go yeah. here, use this. I think that yep. that that's yeah. interesting. To you me. can also find oh, yeah. packages that other people left behind. Like, yeah. okay, I'll take this and deliver it for them, and they'll get they'll get some yeah. uh, of the likes, which is just their version of XP. Yeah, uh, you can. And, uh, you what you can do with those is can either like take them all the way back to their destination or you can actually upload them at a nearby post box or distribution center and it won't yeah. get you as much of the likes as you as it previously would but you know it's it, it depends on how far away it, yeah. it is from the actual destination yeah because like coming out of that first city i saw a bunch of packages like oh i'll take this and drop it off at the next place because i didn't understand they had destinations tied to each one yeah so i got over there and it's like oh shit i got yeah. left them in a field and you're gonna be I... tempted to try and get all of them as you can but don't yeah you're gonna yeah, want to a bunch going into that bt forest and i was like uh i'm not gonna get that yeah i get the one i got the ones that were on the hill there was one that was like 60 kilograms it's like this yeah. just pushed me over like as soon as i got out of that menu of picking it up uh like I just instantly started almost falling over. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got we to gotta drop this. The uh, current weight limit, the way I've got it right now, I think is like 125 kilograms. Um, yeah, I think I'm at 120 or 160, I forget. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, uh, the closer you get to that weight limit, 
the uh, you know the heavier the burden is, so it'll actually yeah. start wearing on your stamina if you're not careful. Yeah, you have like two different staminas: the uh, the one for your feet, mm-hmm. uh, which is overall like how tired you are walking around. Yeah, uh, there's one just general for you know walking up hills and such, mm-hmm. like your intermediate stamina that you can drink out of your uh, Monster Energy Lantern. To, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to get that uh, refill that back up. That if you guys were wondering, where's the where's the patented Kojima product placement? There it is. <laughs> it's the one brand that survived this apocalypse. Apparently, as, far as I can tell, <laughs> either that, also that, and AMC. Okay, yeah. If you go take a shit in the uh, in the bathroom, uh, yeah. the thing that pulls up is AMC's the ride. Yeah. Right, with Norman Reedus. Uh, yeah. we, pro- we should probably mention that also. Yeah, so when you go to your private room so that you can, you know, rest you can, like, and – Take a look at your uh, suits and, like, customize them. Yeah. Uh, you can – And your green army men that you manage to pick up as the story goes on. Yeah. Um, but there's also the uh, – the I guess they call it the sanitary unit, which is basically a combination shower and toilet. Um, and it's important to take that because, for one thing, you know, you clean yourself off. It'll actually, you know, relieve like you know uh, stress and stuff. Yeah. But what's also important is that um, because of the way you know, since you're going around for time fall. And, you know, having to deal with the BTs and stuff, it means that you end up uh, – your body ends up collecting uh, chirelium in your system. And the people that you work for found out that if they were able to take your bodily fluids and filter them, they can create these grenades that can be used against the BTs. So I actually yeah. managed to kill my first BT last night. Um, yeah, they also mentioned taking blood samples and realizing that also worked. Yeah, it's like okay, that, you just shoot your blood at these things and it somehow yeah. takes them out. It's like also okay, use sure. it to make up blood packets. So you know when you rest, they'll actually like yeah. uh, you know refill any blood you've lost at some point. They also get those crypto biotes, the little tardigrade looking dudes. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So you guys might have seen those. Uh, um, during the uh, the trailers, it's those weird little flesh bug things. Um, yeah. Basically, in the story, is that those things are basically just these life forms that sort of exist, uh, like between dimensions. And because of the Death Stranding, people can actually see them now. And if you eat one, it will actually take away the. Uh, it actually prevents the um, effects of time fall. Is none of is any none of this is making any sense, is it? <laughs> Actually, there it it is kind of making a very vague sort of sense. It's yeah, um, yeah. It's there. There would it surprise you to know that there is a lot of like obscure terminology in this game? Well, yeah, it's a good, it's and a they don't really word. explain all of it at the beginning. You yeah. kind of have to work for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's yeah, getting like, me is just how interlinked a lot of this stuff is, and it's yeah. Well, that's kind of the overall theme of the game. It's mm. connectedness. Mm. How we're all connected. Yeah, mm. it's like about it's how everybody life, gets you know? isolated. Mm. Yeah, uh, as this event happened, 
uh, and there are like towns that just do not want to come back to the the hole uh, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like it's a metaphor for how you know having Netflix and all this like we've isolated ourselves and don't go out uh, anymore for to hang out with people uh, and all that that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, and yeah, um, but yeah, uh, and like a lot of the, if you've seen a lot of the, like the big trailers uh, for the game, those are those are like events that take place in the first few hours. Yeah, uh, uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Mads Mikkelsen shows up a little bit in these like weird memories that the BB has. Yeah, flash. You're still trying to figure out like exactly who he is and like what role he has. I have a theory. Uh, yeah. Which I know one part of it, which I'm not going to say anything about it. Like, because uh, there's some parts where he's like next to somebody. Uh, it's like, okay, I figured where this baby come from. That's uh, uh, it's a lot of weird stuff. Mm. Uh, just trying to piece together. Like I get the, the overall uh, arc of the story and yeah. some of the details. I'm curious to see like where other things are going with this. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting game, and like whether you want to put up with uh, the mechanics and all that is going to be the key factor for whether you enjoy the game or not. Yeah, and it's like I see a lot of similarities with like this and like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, uh, in terms of also like, you're Dark just going Souls. Around dark yeah. Souls. It, there's a lot of Dark Souls comparisons too. Yeah, a lot of the community part of it is very Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell Kojima liked that aspect of the game. Yeah, of uh, leaving messages for people and potentially trolling them. Uh, but for the most part, like your uh, interactions with things other people make is strictly positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's at least like a breath of fresh air compared to other online games at this point. Mm. Yeah, uh, we get just people that are just extremely angry because they didn't win a game or whatever. Yeah. It's like oh, you're going to actually- keep playing. Yeah, I'm gonna be interested in seeing you know what playing the game is going to be like like a few days from now, because yeah. you know with all the social aspect stuff, it's going to kind of change the game's landscape. Literally. Yeah, pretty substantially, I think. Yeah, yeah, like who goes back to those like early areas and sets up bridges for people, for mm-hmm. new people that are coming into the game, uh, and kind of helping them get through these areas a little bit more easily. Because like when you're first starting, you know, launch day, it's like oh, you got to just grin and bear it. Yeah. Uh, but then you kind of go back and like actually help out people. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, a cool thing. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a game and a social experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, if in case you're wondering, yeah, uh, that whole urination thing that you can do. Yep. Yeah. If enough people do like urinate in the same spot, it basically causes like a fairy ring. You know, a bunch of mushrooms growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that near a post box that was near that mule camp you have to go to for the mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figured out like you can't pee on the post boxes. No, it'll actively but... prevent you. But I peed right near it, and the mushrooms started growing. I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people tried to do that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The way it has that whole setup. Uh, because you, like, equip the urination aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's times where I'm just sitting and just have this little meter. It's like, you got 300 milliliters of urine. It's like, oh, shit, I saw my my pee equipped. 
yeah. uh, kind of thing. And yeah, yeah. that there. And I the, hope the, this isn't the first episode actually, of anybody's like listening to our podcast because now we're talking about piss. Yeah, the thing <laughs> is though, the ur- the urination also has another mechanic that uh, because of. The effect it has on the BTs, um, if there are BTs nearby, you can actually just sort of like piss a ring around yourself, and it'll kind of act as a barrier. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> it definitely is a level amazing of... how they how Kojima thought of all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you once you design the the notion that your bodily fluids can be. Uh, hazardous to BTs, like you can play around with that, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty well, especially when you add a, a mechanic just around pissing, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's the game has a lot of interesting stuff to it, yeah. So I'm looking forward and to a lot of interesting to things it. to say too. Mm. Yeah, um, even I mean, both me and Chris, we're only a few hours in, and there's already a lot of depth to this. Yeah, yeah. And as you keep playing, uh, it essentially starts unlocking more things like, uh, oh, that's going to be a lot easier now. Yeah. Uh, that's going to, you know, I got this uh, bike that I can start generating uh, mm-hmm. and filling up its uh, its battery and so on. It's like, okay, that'll make it a lot easier to get around. Also, if you really want to make sure that you get a bunch of likes from other players, make sure to set up a generator right around the border where the chiral network actually stops working Okay. Um, before you exit it because then you can uh, charge up your bike. Because, see, the thing is you can't actually build and use the uh, PCCs to build anything outside of the chiral network. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have yeah. to say one thing that's intriguing to me is just the idea that in a post-apocalyptic landscape, people are still able to um, <clears throat> deliver things to each other. Like that's one of the things that, that's you sort of see in every piece of, of, of um, cinema or, or books or anything else like that, where they talk about the post-apocalypse, and it's always how cut off everybody becomes. Yeah, well, the yeah. whole point of this game is that everyone has cut off. You're trying to reconnect everyone. Yeah. You're I part of that, a group of that's people actually called pretty porters that uh, deliver stuff between yeah. areas. Yeah, no, so, I yeah. think that's. I think that's. Uh, that's actually, I think, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it, this game. This game is not like a action-heavy game. It's very slow-paced, but yeah. the the stuff that you can do is very gripping and very rewarding too. Yeah, not just much, what uh, you can do, but also what other players can do for you, and what you can do for other players. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very much a post-apocalyptic game that has a positive attitude to it. Yeah, uh, and you know, playing a lot of like zombie games, and such like most of them are like, yeah, this is all shit. Uh, it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. So might as well enjoy what you can. It's like it's like, hey, we can make things better. Yeah, uh, it's like a whole core conceit that people keep saying is like if we connect the the cities, you know, we'll save humanity. Yeah, if we keep staying separate and isolated, uh, humanity is gonna die off. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yeah, like every piece of zombie uh, fiction is all about uh, everybody isolating themselves, and eventually they get overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the game's just. Really neat and kind of just different from everything else that's coming out. Oh yeah, 
it's kind of what's interesting about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for something else uh, I've been playing is uh, Need for Speed Heat, mm-hmm. uh, which is up on EA Access now that it's out. Uh, playing the, the first 10 hours. It's going to be the stream I'm doing tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically just standard service, open world racing game. Uh, the kind of core c- conceit is that you are in Miami, uh, and they very much do an Ubisoft thing of like, oh, they almost going to talk about uh, police brutality because uh, uh, like the the beginning of the game, uh, one of your the the driver you're uh, controlling for the intro is like uh, gets caught, uh, his car goes off the bridge, and he managed to get out in time. Uh, and the cops like about ready to just shoot him mm. as the ultimate punishment for uh, night racing in his city. Uh, uh, one of the other cops manages to convince them, like, "Hey, leave him go. Uh, you know, he'll be the messenger to tell the others like they need to stop, sort of thing." And obviously, it doesn't work because yeah, yeah. uh, the whole game is about everyone just saying, "You know, fuck it, we're still doing this." Yeah. Uh, and you're kind of the newcomer into town, looking to get a rep, uh, you know, make a name for yourself and all that, and try and rule the the nightlife and the daylife. Uh, and there's like two uh, separate like focuses uh, with the nightlife. You're you know doing the the illegal street racing, gaining your rep, uh, which upgrades your experience and. Uh, increasing your rep unlocks more stuff for you to buy for your vehicles, uh, more vehicles to buy, all that sort of stuff. Uh, better ways to upgrade your uh, cars uh, in the day you use to get money, so you can actually buy that stuff. Mm. So you kind of have to go back and forth, and you get uh, challenges to do, uh, daily challenges as well as just like here's a set of challenges to do during the daytime. Is like you know win two races. You know, draft behind somebody for five seconds. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, at nighttime, you get similar stuff uh, for winning races, uh, uh, avoiding uh, cops. Because during the day there are cops, but during the night there's a ton of them around, uh, and they can interrupt races uh, just as easily as they might just not be around. Uh, so you got to try to finish your race as well as. Uh, stay away from them so you don't get busted. Uh, that sort of classic Need for Speed thing. Hmm. Uh, so far, they haven't gotten to the escalation of like using like spike strips or anything like that. But it's just been the first couple hours. Uh, and in sort of like Rivals, uh, you have to bank that uh, rep during the night uh, at a garage, hmm. uh, and that'll effectively like end your night. So, but you can just go right back to the night racing uh, right after that. It just takes you back to the the garage, and you get your ability to like uh, buy the stuff you've unlocked and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's not great. Uh, the story that they try to inject into this is very boilerplate uh, racing uh, kind of stuff. And yeah, it's uh, it it started to now that I've upgraded my uh, rep a bit, add some more of the the side stuff that is like very Forza Horizon esque with like speed traps. Uh, big jumps to do and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's been okay, but it's not something I would spend sixty bucks on hmm. anytime soon. Uh, I'd probably just wait for it to get uh, fully unlocked for EA access before playing some more of it. 
yeah, it very much feels like they. The reason they haven't really done much marketing for this is that they don't really have anything interesting that they're doing that they can like beat their chest about. Yeah, because uh, it's kind of all just. Hey, we're doing this thing. It's kind of Forza Horizon meets uh, Need for Speed. Hope somebody likes it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have any uh, microtransactions, which is weird. Mm. Yeah, not yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the... Uh, so they have some uh, interesting stuff with, like, uh, when you go online, or you can just play solo with uh, nobody around. So if you're online, you'll see, like, other people getting chased by cops. You might be able to just jump in and help them out. Uh, take them out and put yourself at risk, that sort of stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, it's not really necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right for what it is. Uh, just not going to stick out amongst the other big releases this fall. Yeah. Uh, also been playing more Rocket League. Uh, the Haunted Hollows event is ending, like, tomorrow. So I'm just trying to get some more time into it and get more... Uh, candy to unlock some more stuff uh, before it ends. So, been enjoying that a lot. Uh, that's pretty much it. How about you, Lee? Uh, I've been simple this week as normal. Uh, still kind of slowly plodding through Dragon Quest Eight. Um, jump back into Red Dead Redemption Two. I never did finish that. I got sidetracked by some life shit. And uh, decided, yeah, you know what? I'd like to kind of play a game that's maybe a bit slower. Of course, I'm also playing Dragon Quest, which is slow. But um, I, one of the things I enjoyed the just the fuck out of uh, in Red Dead uh, 2 was the hunting. It's like I've jumped in and I'm just like, you know, hunting down all kinds of crazy-ass animals and doing the legendaries. I did most of those before. Um, but, you know, just kind of getting back into it, like... God, that fucking world is gorgeous. Hmm. Like, you can say whatever you want about Rockstar. They that that world is is just oh my god. It's it's just it's gorgeous. It's fun to be in. It's fun to play in. And I'm just trying to. I don't know. I there's so many games that I want to play. And and like right now, of course, too. I'm um I'm trying to figure out if uh like what I'm even going to be playing this this Christmas. Like I'm I have my eyes on uh that uh um respawn jedi game i'm real curious how that will turn out um but i have been burned so many times these last two years of buying shit at launch i'm not fucking doing it again so i'm gonna wait and kind of just see what they what they put out i'm sure it'll be great because the the company that's making it is great but watch it'll probably be i'm sure i'll be able to snag it like a month after it comes out for like half price so um of course you know when when uh, what is it? Rise of Skywalker comes out, I'll probably run to the store and buy it after I see that shit. But yeah, no, I'm just trying to trying to clean up some games and, and or clean up, finish up some games that uh, that I never really you know finished before I start trying to dive into something else because my backlog is so fucking long, it's ridiculous. Like if I drop dead tomorrow, like my kid would inherit like 400 games. So like that I'd never even fucking played. Like we used to actually have a rule in the house where. Um, he wouldn't play something until I did. Mm. But like, that's fucked up. I can't do that to him. <laughs> like, you know, like we'll buy something or whatever, and he'll be like, "All right, I'll wait until you're done." Like, don't do that shit because that's just giving yourself more work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll probably never happen. Exactly. So, 
you know. So that's it. I'm actually one of the one of the ones I'm I'm planning on going back and finishing as well as Dark Siders too. Um, <clears throat> got really heavy into that for a while, and then just I don't know. I, the one problem I have with a lot of games is you know just life gets in the way, man. I got way too many things demanding my attention regularly, and so um, I really do need a game to be just not full of filler. Um, <clears throat> Dark Siders two seemed to have a bit of that problem, particularly with the the randomized loot but you know the combat was a blast uh, the combat engine was actually designed by a friend of mine so i'm probably a little biased but um you know it just it's one of those things again where i just want to go back and and you know play it and, and see how it shakes out because the other thing from what i understand is uh three is apparently really good um and that's been getting put on sale for like 15 bucks in a lot of places and apparently it kind of cuts out a lot of the filler that two had so but i'm also one of those morons it's like i can't play the fucking sequel until i play the other one so <laughs> I, I probably gotta get over that shit too so yeah, yeah so that's that's been pretty much oh i'm playing a little bit of wow just because i got the 15th anniversary uh celebration going on so you can you know earn random shit that you couldn't otherwise and uh, i've been toying with the uh, elite elite series two controller which is a pretty nice step up from the Series 1, but the only real issue that I have with it is um, it has internal batteries, which I'm just I'm not a fan of. I'm one of those like people where I'm like, fuck that. I would rather have, like, I can just put some inner loops in that bitch. Don't make me do this. So, but other than that, it's been great. Like, because I, I think I've told you guys before, like, my, my right index finger is really fucked up just from work. And so having this thing where I could put the triggers and basically almost make them uh, feel like a button so I don't have to do a lot of pull, uh, it's, it's a fucking game changer, man. Yeah. Like, I'm really, I'm really pleased with it. And it's uh, the controller itself feels really nice. They actually have included shift controls on the Xbox, which I think is really cool. So basically, like, you can hold a button. Um, and it will um, it'll basically give you an option to set up even more commands, kind of like just like a shift key would in, in PC gaming. So that's something I think is really, really awesome. So, you know, just enjoying that. That's pretty much it. All right. Okay, so let's get back into the news, and we'll go to uh, the story that just seems to refuse to end. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, Overwatch's producer, Jeff Kaplan, uh, was talking to the Washington Post, and basically he's not really okay with Blizzard's uh, handling of the entire situation. Uh, kind of thinks, yeah, the uh, suspension of Blitzchung really should just be either like uh, changed, well, reduced yep. dramatically, or just eliminated entirely. Uh, so... Uh, not everything hunky-dory over there at Blizzard. Told you, man. Kaplan's that dude. Yeah. He's the original, like, director for WoW. Mm. He's putting in he's putting in all kinds of crazy work. I think I mentioned it during the during the show last week. One of the things that was crazy watching BlizzCon was, like, all these fucking cool ideas that that Overwatch has. Uh, and, like, like a good chunk of the, of the guys that worked on WoW that made WoW great are in Overwatch. Like, one of the main guys that was on the stage that was talking about... Um, the new game modes and everything else like that was the dude that designed all the major cities and a huge chunk of the the early quests in in WoW. Like all those good people are working on Overwatch. So uh, and Kaplan doesn't give a fuck. He knows he's a big enough swinging dick over there that he can kind of say whatever he wants. Yeah, and yep. you can definitely tell because like you know, like you wouldn't hear like like Jay Allen Brack, the guy that came out and apologized, he wouldn't have done that shit. No. Kaplan was like, eat a dick, y'all. 
unban the motherfucker. Yeah, I wonder if they'll actually uh, listen to him, but you know, they they want that Chinese money. I wonder if this is going to be one of those things that they'll eventually roll back like six months into it and just go like, okay, well you've you know you've you've served your time, so to speak. <laughs> well, the yeah. suspension was dropped back to six months, so you know it's they're going to have to like just address it sooner or later, probably uh-huh. sooner. Well, because I think that the worst, I think one of the worst things for them as far as visibility goes, is that, um, you know, they're they're catering now to a group of people that make their money, they make their living off of playing their games, yeah. um, uh-huh. and and so having your rules be really inconsistent um, in regards to this is going to get you a ban or this is going to do this, like. That's actually really, I think, hurtful for their position overall. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it's something they're going to have to figure out. Because you, because I was reading something just the other day, like uh, some major streamer got banned for life from Fortnite for using an aim hack. And I totally understand that. But even then, like, for life? Like, I, I can think of all these different situations where people got caught cheating or something else like that, and they were they were allowed back in eventually. Like, this... This zero tolerance policy reminds me of like public school policy where like there's no there's no room for um, any sort of nuance to anything. It's just like, you know, and, and if you if you walk around with a hammer in your hand, everything's going to look like a nail eventually. Yep. And that's that's kind of what it feels like a lot of these companies are doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, these whole kinds of policies where in, in, a, in a way, I kind of understand where, where they're coming from because they want to be able to just make a decision and stick with it and not have to revisit it. Uh, so there's that aspect to it. But that uh, really doesn't take into account the fact that people change and can learn from mistakes. Uh, so, you know. But yeah, especially like like I looked at like that Fortnite thing. I don't know, like maybe it was Fortnite. I don't fucking know. Forgive me. I don't have the thing in front of me. I was reading it last night, like three o'clock in the morning. It's like this is a seventeen year old kid, man. Yeah. You know what stupid shit I did when I was seventeen? And it's just like that's something I just that's something I worry about in general. Like I sort of feel like we're getting into a position where we're not even allowing people to be able to make mistakes in a, in a stage like this. Like the the Twitter mob and, and all this other stuff that you see. Like just this. Chris mentioned a few minutes ago. Like you know one of the things that seems to be going on with a lot of gamers and, and any sort of online uh, interactions is just like sheer anger. And you can even notice that when you're like talking to people about this kind of thing, it's just like really like knee jerk reaction. Like well he did this so fuck him. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, I think that for some of this stuff, we need to be able to have a fucking better conversation about what the applicable and appropriate punishment should be, as opposed to just, you know, fuck them. Like, that that can't be the right answer, you know, for everything. It just can't be. No. Um, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things that gets on my fucking nerves. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's a really just a sad state of affairs, because, I mean, this is... It's not just in the gaming community. We're seeing this, like, in society in general right now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, it's a very reactionary type of, you know, type of ethos that we're going through right mm-hmm. now. And, uh, yeah, I'm not really too thrilled with it. It's like, you can't 
You have to be 100% perfect all the time. Right, right. And that, that's a huge part of the problem. Like, people fuck up, man. Like, yeah. that's, I, that's one of those things that I think about. Somebody was talking to me the other day they, where uh, we, were, we were talking about politics. And somebody was like, Lee, you should run for office around here. I would never do that. And the reason that I would never do it is because I have an online presence where I said shit when I was younger that I'm absolutely fucking mortified that I said. And that's the kind of thing that would be used against me by this, like these, these like just faux puritanical bullshit artists. They would just be like, oh, well, you know, it was inappropriate and yada yada. Like, like Pat was Pat was there for some of it. Like when you were an SRK, like you were calling people faggots and and all kinds of stuff. We like because that was just what was done in the community, and that is something that I'm absolutely embarrassed of now. Um, and I would never do, I have plenty of gay friends. I have trans, one of my best friends is transgender. Like, but even, even she at the time was throwing around the same kind of thing that I was. So, you know, it's, it's also one of those things like where times change and it's just, I don't know. I really just, that's the kind of thing you, you have to be perfect all the time, no matter the setting. And it seems to be, um, there's just a zero tolerance for people to, to, to make mistakes and learn. And I just think that's horribly, uh, handicapping to a certain extent. Um, because, you know, again, everybody makes mistakes. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's get on to the rest of the topics for the week. Uh, the Outer Worlds coming to the Switch early 2020. Now... I'm good. I've been hearing good stuff about this game. Yeah. yeah Chris has played it, and he's... Uh, How's yeah, it going to run, though? Quite a bit. Yeah, that's my issue, is because it doesn't run all that well on Xbox One X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has some frame rate issues, and it's crashed on me before, so... It's like, okay, good luck with that on the yeah. Switch. Well, uh, given how actually well that the Switch port of The Witcher 3 actually turned out, um, I if you give it to the right studio, perhaps I could do it. Yeah, it uh, depends on who's doing it. Yeah. And those dudes made some deals with some warlocks, though, Phil. I mean, you know, <laughs> let's be honest here. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's there's some dark magic going on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, some some somebody sold a soul or two to make that fucking game <laughs> <Yeah>. run. <laughs> you know, it's fucking yeah. So yeah, so, uh, yeah. You know, hopefully, yeah, that, uh, that, seeing that port makes me want to just redownload it on GOG and uh, turn all the settings down as low as possible and see what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they can market that when they're selling the game. Like, you want the Switch experience? Yeah. Drop everything to like low. sub low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh although like uh, I was watching a video from a uh, modern vintage gamer who uh went, like went in uh actually did a little bit of hacking on the Switch version uh and uh found that uh there's some scalability built in. Uh if a uh Switch Pro ever does uh manifest uh, that that version of The Witcher Three could actually end up looking a lot better. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So, um, he did find that the uh, audio was downsampled for some reason. Um, not a huge deal, but it's. I'm guessing that was just more safe space because, uh, you know, cartridges are still kind of a limited size, and The Witcher Three is like what? It's like over thirty. It's gigs. gargantuan. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully some of that magic will rub off on uh, the Outer Worlds uh, for next year. Mm. Then again, to also remember, uh, Outer Worlds is an Obsidian game. Yeah. Uh, and Obsidian's games do tend to be a little buggy yeah. to begin with. 
And this is a new engine, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, next up, interesting industry news: uh, Shuhei Yoshida uh, is now former head of Sony Worldwide Studios. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, he's uh, stepping down oh, uh, after I don't know how many years of uh, <laughs> of service over there. Oh, and, a uh, lot. <laughs> yeah, he's been yeah. there for, uh, at Sony since what? Oh, since the original PlayStation. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, so taking his place as a studio head is going to be uh, Guerrilla Games' Herman Holst. Which, to be fair, if you're going to pick a replacement, um, he's probably one of the top contenders, I would have said. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what they did with uh, you know Horizon and... Well, the engine that's now powering Death Stranding. Um, I think he does his stuff. So, yeah. and, he, and he seems like the of the generation that's... Uh, well, it, they're... He's of the generation that's uh, kind of grew up with PlayStation. So, you know, he's going to want to shepherd that forward as best he can. Yeah. 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 He might be a an interesting um, counterpoint to uh, Jim Ryan. Uh, yeah. The less said there, the better. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that develops. Um, according to uh, according to Jim Ryan, as we've uh, you know, he who should well I shouldn't have named him because now he'll yeah. uh, okay. I think I have one more. I, if I if I name him one more times, then he like uh, will kill me. Uh, oh, are anyway. we working on Beetlejuice rules here? Uh, apparently, yeah. Uh, so according to he who shall not be named, uh, their priority is to move PS4 owners to PS5. Uh, Duh. Also, the sky is blue. Wow, I'm fucking uh, shocked. That yeah. is impressive. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? <laughs> uh, so that's that's a thing that happened this week. <laughs> it's like one of the most obvious statements that you could possibly well, hey, make. So, uh, so listen, check this out. That uh, you know, it's system we want to sell people. We think people should buy it. And we think people that have PlayStation 4s should buy the new thing. Yeah. I'm fucking shocked. Yeah. So it's like very, very impressed. This guy is an incredible businessman. Yeah, he, he he's on the ball, that's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> so. Guy definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there because it's like just just the uh, amount of stupidity that I just heard was amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's that. Uh, it sounds like some EA shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think I talked about it last time we did the show where it was like EA will talk about their current game like it's the greatest shit ever, and then when the new version of it comes out, they're like, "Yeah, the thing that we did last year was fucking hot dog shit." <laughs> like, what if this guy does the same thing? Like, why would you want to play? Why would you want a PS4? Are you a fucking loser? Hmm. You should buy a PlayStation Five. You fucking losers. Hmm. Like, all right. Of course, if they actually run with that uh, as their specific marketing, I would be amazed and like totally okay with that. Because at least it would be original, <laughs> you know. Uh, so moving on. Let's... Well, you should probably talk about what Shu's going to be doing. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention. He's that. heading up their new Indian uh, initiative uh, at uh, Sony, oh. so he's going to be focusing on uh, working with a lot of external uh, indies. Hmm. That's... Uh, which is a big thing that he has always been passionate about uh, is indie games. Yeah, because uh, he's 
been like one of those guys you see on a lot of uh of the backers list for some of the big indie projects on Kickstarter and such. Yeah. Uh if you remember when Sound Shapes came out, he was one of the bigger uh creators for that game. Right. He just constantly played that and made new levels for people to check out. Uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. So that seems like a great fit for him. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a, that's an area that um, Sony actually needs right now. Uh, there's a lot of indie stuff on the PS4. I mean, it's it's been pretty strong. Uh, but I kind of feel like the quality has started to slip. Uh, you know, there's been mm-hmm. a good deal of, like, just random crappy indie games. You know, just trophy yeah, games. That's kind of everything now. Uh, if you're going to have platforms that you can kind of let most people uh, get onto, like, there's going to be bad stuff. Oh, yeah. That's the Switch right now. Xbox One's getting some of that. Mm. Uh, and Steam is just drowning in it. Yeah, Steam mm-hmm. is like a dumpster fire. It and, yeah, dogs doesn't have that problem because they can actually cure it. Yeah, they don't let too many people in, which means they let don't let a lot of good people in, too. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the developers, I forget what their games are called. Uh, they makes a lot of uh, like scientifically minded like puzzle games. Yeah, yeah I uh, story. Yeah, uh, and he couldn't get on the GOG for some reason. Mm. You know, he could show like uh, his you know his games he's made on Steam and other platforms. Like they're all legit. Uh, sort sort of stuff that would work well on GOG. Yeah, uh, just really nerdy ass games. Mm. Uh, you know, that's kind of what having real strict curation kind of leads to is like you're not going to get all the good stuff. Yeah, but that's what you trade that, off for it. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you have games like you know, PC Building Simulator is on there, House Flipper is on there, so it's yeah. it's a matter of like uh, you're you're going to be looking at these things on a case by case basis. So, I mean, if you were to uh, actually try again, he'd probably get in. It's, Maybe. Yeah, it's just a matter of uh, ha- having a bar. Having a bar, I think, is a good thing. Uh, when you don't have uh, any kind of uh, quality standard like Steam does, uh, it's bad for, well, the consumer because they're just drowning in a whole bunch of shit that they don't know what to buy anymore. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's Their tools are making to like recommend stuff just doesn't have any logical way of doing that it's parsing like what you own yeah and what threads are things that are common between them yeah and for legit developers well it's like yeah uh it's they get drowned out by all the noise so yeah like netflix is one of the few i've seen that has pretty good recommendation stuff but i assume that's a lot easier to be able to parse because it's a lot of just like you like horror stuff here's horror stuff yeah uh, and we'll take the stuff that gets rated better by people. That's mm. probably going to be something you like. Yeah. And you just tell, no, fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. It's, Netflix tends to, they also have good like email systems for like, hey, this is the thing you watched the three seasons of. Here's the new season. We got it now. Yeah. Check it out. That sort of stuff. Yeah. I do like that because you don't even have to, uh, you, you don't even have to flag anything. It just kind of happens in the background. Yeah, it just recognizes that you binge watch this show in three days. Yeah. That you probably would want the next thing once it's available. Yeah. And Steam, it's a lot harder to parse. Like, what about these games? Is the thing, especially when people put like a hundred tags on it. Yeah. It's like, 
you know, here's anime games. Like, I don't own that many of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you to fuck off when you offer me all the anime visual novels mm-hmm. that are all clearly horny as hell. Yeah. yeah. Don't want those. So this week, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out on PC, sort of. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it came out, and uh, it was completely broken. Um, yep. You had one job, Rockstar. One. And you had a year to actually make the PC version really good. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you can actually get the game to run, it is pretty good. Because it's still Red Dead 2. <laughs> yeah. The problem is getting the game to run. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh They've uh, released a launcher update for their, uh, you know, Rockstar Games launcher because everybody's got to have one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some of the issues have kind of been addressed, but there's still weird graphical glitches showing up. There's still uh, some users on AMD systems that can't even get the game to load. Uh, there's people getting crashing to desktop for no apparent reason. There's uh, people having their computers blue screen. Um, yeah, it's 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 not good. I, I think this is probably the worst PC launch of the year. It's uh, it's I would say botched. Yeah, it, botched is probably a good term for it. It's it's not gone well, mate. <laughs> it really hasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, not the great start for your launcher. No. Rockstar. No, it really, it really isn't. I mean, they got the, the launcher out to be in time for Red Dead, and then when Red Dead came out, the whole thing imploded. Uh, it's not a good sign. Yeah. Then there's, uh, well, what other problem they had? No, it's, they got some mods going on for uh, the PC version, at least. At least that started to take shape. Uh, currently, now, one of the uh, more popular mods is the uh, one that will let you skip the first few chapters. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and I don't know Red Dead is good enough that you really wouldn't want to but if you just want to get into the point where it just starts opening up I guess that's that's an option so uh, I'll follow this because I as of right now uh, still can't get the game to run <laughs> somebody told me they made a mod to put in uh, make all the engines Thomas the Tank Engine which I think is fantastic. Yeah, they did that. Uh, they have uh, you, you can you can be the Joker if you want to. Why the uh, fuck would I want that? I don't know, but you could. <laughs> yeah, people are weird. You know that. Yeah, because nothing fucking says old western and you know impressive storytelling like some fucking clown with a fucking dental problem. <laughs> yeah. So he's in there. For, you don't have to. Download. I mean, yeah, I guess that, I guess that really should be like the PC's motto. Is just like, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, why not? You get it to run. Why the hell not? Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I'll keep following this because I want to play it, and uh, <laughs> if, eventually I'll get it working. I'm gonna have to. This is a weird and kind of an irritating uh, thing for me because uh, there's an NVIDIA driver that has that I have to get for that. Uh, right. But if to to get that driver installed, uh, I'm going to need to go and update my BIOS because apparently that driver and the older AMD Agisa doesn't get along so well, which is the re- reason that I was having those hard locks. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. And here's the problem. The adjacent version that I need is version 1.0.0.4.b. I can't get that yet because Gigabyte hasn't put out a bias for my motherboard that will that has that version. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the PS4 is looking a lot mighty attractive. Right? Yeah, uh, I'll continue to poke at that, and I'll report back next week if I manage to actually get the game to run. <laughs> and finally, we got uh, a story of jerks um, on uh, Fallout seventy six. Uh, you remember I the... think this is utterly hilarious. Yeah, yeah. and just it's so weirdly like a mic, just a weird like microcosm of the real world right now. <laughs> well, not just that; it's just like what a weird thing to fucking be braggadocious about. Yeah. Like you're paying fucking money for a game that sucks. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like look at me, y'all. I fucking spent a bunch of money to be a fucking elitist asshole in a game that nobody likes. <laughs> yeah, and. Why not? It's like, okay, I, I I get it. You know, I'm not... If you enjoy a game a lot and uh, you're getting value out of it, you're getting entertainment out of it, uh, it's not my place to say that you're wrong about it. Uh, but if you're going to be a complete douchebag... Yeah. Uh, I'm, maybe you might want to reevaluate your uh, priorities or outlook on life because uh, chances are in a few years that's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so basically the story here is that there's a bunch of uh, Fallout First subscribers who are uh, running around griefing people uh, who are clearly not uh, subscribed and uh, just being total douches to them. Uh, and They have the literally other... called themselves the apocalyptic aristocrats. Yeah, and re- refer to people who are uh, you know not subscribed as peasants because, of course, they would. Uh, and then there's, uh, on the other side, you have a, a bunch of people who are not, um, subscribed, uh, some of which, uh, were creatively, uh, decked out in bear costumes, uh, attacking the, uh, aristocrats as they were. It's class warfare. It, it really is. <laughs> exactly what it is. And it's just, like you said, a nice little microcosm slice of, of the real world going on right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, it's a nice way for them to react after the harassment that came out first. Yeah, because uh, once they uh, put out the subscription, like it just put it on your name, like your first, hmm. uh, a first subscriber, I guess. Yeah, and so I don't know that you have that control over taking that off or not. So people are just being themselves in that game, just fucking harassing those people specifically hmm. for doing that, which is like just the shitty part of. Online games, yeah, it's just uh-huh. people being assholes to you just constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tutoria is like, I totally get why, because I think uh, the whole part of that subscription is that you get a private server you can get. Yeah, uh, and on Xbox One there was a uh, an issue where uh, since you don't have to be directly fr- there's no like direct friendship uh, friends list kind of thing on there. Mm. You just follow somebody. You could get in through that way. Without yeah. them inter- uh, inviting you, they fix that. So their way for yeah, yeah. there's like ways of like specifically seeking out these people and harassing them. Yeah. Uh, now it seems like some of them have decided, you know what, we're just going to be those people uh, and sort of get back at them and act like uh, the assholes that they are that they were to the other direction. <laughs> yeah, it's... and now it's like okay, this is actually like role playing in a fun way. 
Yeah, it's it's just it's weird, and it's happening in Fallout seventy six, which is like why? But okay. I mean, you would expect something like it, like this, like in Fortnite or something, but. Yeah, especially since, you know, in Fortnite, that's an actual thing. Uh, yeah. You know, people who use default skins tend to be looked down on. Because... Dude, that's a that's a thing in my kid's school. Like, if you fucking play Fortnite with people in in uh, class or whatever, like, people are fucking assholes. Like, uh, it's it's basically like the, the bullying that people used to receive if they, you know, were wearing clothes that made them look poor. And now it's like, oh, you don't have the fucking skins in Fortnite? Like... Fuck you, you little turd. Yeah. Like, congratulations. Uh, I guess, you know, your self-worth is totally tied to some fucking digital island, like, item that can be taken away from you. You must be really fucking proud. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh... why, why is it the internet just brings, the, in online gaming, just brings the fucking worst out of people? Why is that? Well, there's two uh, reasons. One is it's the anonymity, and two, uh, there are people actively cultivating it for their own ends. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's people are in these like clicks or their Discord or their Reddit, and they're want to show they're awesome, and they go harass the people. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason it is, it's like oh, it's for cool points. Same way you would just, you know, back in the day, you just uh, go up to somebody and just shove them into a locker or whatever to show yeah. that you're cool friends, like you're cool. Hmm. Even though it's just shitty behavior either way. Yeah. Yeah, Epic, uh, you know, the the way that they have their game structured, it kind of uh, it kind of encourages that kind of behavior because they profit from it. I fucking yeah. hate people. Like, all this shit reminds me of, you guys ever see Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? There's that scene where they go after the fucking people that have been talking shit about them on the internet. Like... Yeah. That's like, this is like that kind of thing. And it's just, I don't know. It's weird. Like I said, I, I heard about it from my kid. And like, I don't really let him, we will buy him some V bucks every once in a while. So he can get something he likes. But I'm like, my thing is I don't want him to get into the idea that, um, this shit matters, you know, like, Oh, the people in Fortnite think this, you know, or my, you know, the people in my class think blah, 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 because I have whatever. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy his way into being cool with a bunch of assholes. If that's something, if that's their, um, if that's their thing that determines somebody's self-worth and they can fuck right off. And thankfully my kid's not built that way. So it's not something I'm super worried about, but it has, it has been one of those things that's come up where it's been like, okay, you know, should, dad, I want to get this because, you know, other people think that it's cool. And like my, my pushback isn't even so much now that I'm, now that I'm really saying this out loud, my pushback isn't so much, um, the type of behavior that it, it instills. It's more about the buying habits. Like, so, so what you would go out and spend $35. So someone would think you're cool. Like if, if that's what you're, making these judgments based on you don't want to hang around those people anyway. And, you know, for the most part, he's, he's gotten that way, but I'll tell you what, if, uh, if I was ever in a situation where like somebody was like making fun of my child because of his Fortnite skins, I'm not afraid to tell y'all y'all would see me on the news. I'll kick a 14 year old in the chest. I don't give a fuck like that. Cause it's just one of those things where I have this huge problem with bullies 
And this is just one of those things that just strikes me as totally being that. Like, we're just going to ostracize you over some thing that we decided was really fucking important because it's something that we have and we can lord it over you. I just think that's such a shitty way to be. And, uh, you know, before before when I wasn't a parent, I would just be like, yeah, whatever, fuck those people. I'd get into it with them or whatever. Now I'm like, fuck it, I'll just kick you in the chest, you little monsters. So... Yeah, like one of the, I'll whoop a 14-year-old's ass. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, one of the weird things, just like, you can tell kids, like, hey, the shit you're doing in school doesn't really matter outside of the schoolwork itself. But, uh, like, once you get out of high school, like, you're just on your own. You don't have to yeah, give a damn about exactly. what anybody's doing. And that's what I try to tell him. I said, because, you know, my, my son is, you know, he gets along with people. He's a fucking really good-hearted person. Like, it's one of those things where... You know, he's very much the best parts of me and my wife with very little of the bad. And, and it's, you know, I think it's I think it's sort of in spite of how we've raised him because I don't, you know, I'm one of those parents and I'm constantly sitting there thinking like, oh, my God, am I fucking my kid up? You know, like that kind of stuff. But, you know, he's just he's a good he's a good natured person. He has empathy and he's he's kind hearted. And so and I think just because he's wired that way, he doesn't really get into and get caught into sort of the, you know, getting into the weeds of that bullshit. But. That's one of the things I did try to tell him too. Like, you know, when you do get out of out of high school, like all this shit matters now because he's he's fourteen, he's gonna be fifteen, he's in ninth grade right now. Like all this shit matters really like for the next three years. And then once these three years are over, it's not gonna fucking matter because people are gonna you know, people are getting ready to go to college and doing all this. And once you get to college, you're just some guy that's into certain things. There's way too many people out there for them to be super concerned about, you know, what X person is doing or how this it just it's just something you don't ever have to worry about. Yeah, it's uh I mean if you really think about it it's it's nothing new. I mean this kind of shit has been yeah, going on for it's, it's like making fun of kids for their their clothes back in the day. Yeah, and, yeah or the and it just it really just gets to, back to kids or, just being douchebags. Yeah. Yep. It's uh yeah, it's just an evolution of peer pressure but now it's brought to the digital age and uh, like I said, I'll kick a kid in the chest. Yeah. I wear a size 15 shoe, too. You know how much that would fucking hurt? <laughs> Damn. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we if we ever get to the point, you know, where global warming takes over shit and these cities go underwater, at least I won't need skis. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there for the week. Uh, it was a bit of a slow week otherwise, but hey, we've got some fun discussions out of it. <laughs> Yeah, you heard it here first. I'll assault a child. <laughs> if they fuck with mine. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so I'd like to remind everybody, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so at anchor.fm slash dayzeroupdate. Uh, just go over there, hit the button, and uh, choose the platform you want to subscribe on. Uh, you can also leave us a message there, because there's a button there that uh, will let you bring up a recorder. Just do that and record your message and we'll play it if we get any and, and who doesn't like messages yeah recording them or, or it's not like anybody hates voicemail or anything like that right exactly of course not yeah so. uh, and of course check out smashpad.com uh, where we'll have some stuff uh, Death Stranding review probably be in the next couple of weeks for Patrick Mifflin Chris Sologi Brandon Perkins and Lee Lamb I've been Philippe Odenolfo and we'll see you next week